0: Welcome and let's First Talk Compliance. I'm Katherine Short, Partnership Marketing Manager at First Healthcare Compliance. Thanks for tuning in. You can follow First Healthcare Compliance on Twitter at FirstHCC or on Facebook and Instagram at FirstHealthcareCompliance or hashtag FirstTalkCompliance. On today's episode, I'm talking to Gavin Baker, president of Baker Labs. Gavin has spent his entire career in digital marketing His firm provides strategies and tactics for clients that create modern website designs, increased website traffic, improved search engine ranking, and high-value leads and patients. Before starting Baker Labs, Gavin ran social media marketing, Ruby Tuesday Incorporated, and was the CEO of E-commerce Startup. Gavin, additionally, is an instructor in social media at the University of Tennessee. So, Gavin, welcome to First Talk Compliance. Thank you so much for being here.
1: Oh, I'm looking forward to this. This is great. Thanks for having me.
0: Oh, thank you. I'm, I'm looking forward to it also. I know our listeners often have so many questions about marketing and social media. I know it can be pretty daunting, and I'm so glad you're here to get this discussion going.
1: Happy to be of help. So
0: let me ask you, getting started, if a practice was only going to do one thing to market, what should they do? Yeah,
1: that's a, g- a great question. That's a, In some ways, it's a, a loaded question. I, I would say the thing that a practice should do or a business should do is they should really define a goal. And so that, that's a little bit different answer than maybe um, you're expecting. But um, so many of these businesses that we work with just don't have a goal. I mean, they've, they've grown organically for years, um, and they, but they're not thinking necessarily strategically about marketing because they, they haven't had to. Um, but times have changed and they need to do that. So they need, really need to begin to think about, okay, great, how many new patients uh, do we need? Um, how many do we want? How many, how, how, What even what's a break even point or a gross point? Uh, and then work backwards from that. Um, and and, 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 like, like anything in life, if you don't, uh, the vaguer the goal, the less likely you are to reach it, right? So on the spectrum of goals, you could have a, a patient number, like we need 50 new patients, um, of, or 50 for this type of procedure or 100 or whatever the number is. And we're just using examples. Another goal could be something a little bit looser, like we need increased kind of awareness for a certain, type of procedure we're doing or a certain, uh, the, the new doctor we've added, uh, that, that's an option that's kind of a little bit looser. Uh, and then the, the final is really more like, we just need, you know, we need to be better known. Uh, and that's, that's really hard to track. So it's really hard to know how much money to put towards that. Is it really relevant? Are you accomplishing the goals? Um, so we normally try to push towards, you know, the more specific the goal as, as possible. Um, cause then from there, uh, you can build a plan, a marketing plan that really supports that goal. Uh, Because you can start to work backwards into, okay, great, uh, we need to market and we need to do it within this time frame. So, for example, uh, we have so many tools available to us in today's world for marketing. Uh, And so if we had to add uh, a significant amount of patience or uh, if you had to really grow the awareness of a a practice or a business um, in the short term, you might turn to something like Google advertising. So ads on Google, uh, because those can be turned on pretty much immediately, relatively speaking. Uh, And so you could get that going. Now, they can be expensive, uh, but you can get it going up really quickly. Uh, Whereas something, if the goal's a little longer term, we had a client before that knew that they couldn't continue to spend the way they were spending on traditional marketing. So their costs for billboard, TV, direct mail were just going up and up, and they knew they couldn't sustain it. Uh, But they didn't have a problem today they had to fix. They really needed to fix the problem in the next 18 months. Um, And so we were able to come in with some different strategies that helped. And so really every situation is different. But I guess I would say there's two things. If practice is only going to do one thing to market, the first is they should define the goal of what they want to accomplish. And the the second is that they should just start. (laughs) They should do something uh, and get started.
0: What is one of the most common mistakes or a very common mistake that you see in medical marketing? Yeah,
1: the the most common mistake that we see is um, with practices that market is, and this is really more of a trend in healthcare overall, uh, is they're not necessarily taking the view of the patient from a marketing perspective. And, and let me unpack that a little bit. So m- most of the practices we work with, and many doctors to some degree even, have the the, the view uh, that, and I think historically it's been true, you, you opened a practice and patients came and saw you. And in today's world, that just doesn't happen quite as much. We, we talk to practices all the time that, you know, they've been doing this, what they've been doing for the last 10, 15, 20 years, um, but the results aren't the same anymore. And we know that healthcare is changing across the board with reimbursements, with um, just all of this different changes from a, from insurance to the government side of it. And so it, it's a changing landscape. And so the most common mistake we, we're seeing is that doctors and practices are continuing to operate in the same way that they did uh, from a marketing perspective or from a patient perspective you know, as as, as it was 20 years ago, um, but everything has changed. And so one of the biggest things that's changed, and and this is pretty easy to understand for for anybody who has insurance, is that patients are paying far more of their costs, right? Co-pays and all insurance costs have gone up. So healthcare consumers are actually a lot more conscious of the cost of healthcare. And so what's happening is they're starting to act more like consumers. So one of the mistakes that happens in medical marketing is uh, you'll see someone market uh, a practice market and it and the message of what they're doing isn't clear. So it's not clear why you would go see them. It's not clear on what they would do to help you. And so it often tends to be um, much broader, you know, the, the best doctors or uh, maybe it's a picture of the doctor's face or something like that, which has a place for sure. But if you're, if it's right. the only thing you're doing um, if you put your hat on to think like a patient, well, the, the patient has a pain, right? Or the potential patient has pain of some kind. Um, that might be their their legs hurt, or it could be that they can't see as well, or um, it could be that they're afraid their balance is off and they're afraid of falling, um, and, and, and all of those things. And so you need to begin to think about how those pains affect them, and then to some degree, update your marketing message to reflect that. And so when you do that, what happens is The patient's actually able to understand how you can help them um, because they because you're being empathetic in your marketing. They're understanding that you understand their problems and now they'll come in and see you uh, because of that. Um, I think that the mistake is is doing the opposite of that is is thinking almost, you know, provider centric versus patient centric when it comes to the marketing message. Um, Like I said, I think there's a a role for both of those. Um, But with someone's Googling, uh, unless they're Googling a doctor's name specifically, um, they're really looking to solve a a medical pain problem, not necessarily trying to find that specific doctor. And so the marketing message just needs to relate to what they're what they're having in their life as a pain. Um, And you'll see better results because now it's relevant Um, and they can understand, oh, they can help me with this. Thus, they'll come in and move forward.
0: Right, so making it more patient-centric as opposed to the practice or doctor-centric.
1: Correct. Yeah.
0: What do the patients then care about when they're searching online?
1: Yeah. So patients care about a, a lot of things when they're looking. There's a there's just some statistics that we've we've pulled. We keep we keep track of kind of what's patient behavior look like. We regularly review them. There's a report from Pew Research, which is their reports are a little bit always a little bit time laggy from a technology perspective, but you, this report basically is, is a couple of years old, but it says that over 60% of US adults look online for health information about themselves and medical conditions, about symptoms. It actually tends to, to be most surprising to most people about patients is, particularly those in the medical community, is that 42% of individuals who view health information uh, are looking for reviews and referrals as it relates to their treatment. Um, And so they're actually going and looking to figure out who should I go to? How should I treat this? What can I learn about? Um, But as part of that, they're going and looking at reviews and they're saying, okay, I'm making a decision as a consumer. Do I want to go to the practice that doesn't have any reviews or only has a handful Mm -hmm. of reviews and they're negative? Or do I want to go to the one that that seems like patients pretty happy at? Um, Uh, Yeah,
0: I always look at the reviews before. If I'm looking for a new practice or a new doctor, I'm always looking at the reviews. I always do.
1: Yeah. And so and there's tons of research that supports that. W- what's probably the most surprising thing is most most people in the medical community don't look at reviews because they, they have a little of an insider's take. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they tend to then take that as a view to say, you know, no, no one's looking at reviews or reviews don't matter. And that's that's actually com- completely opposite. The other thing is, too, is you know, going back to the Dr. Google. Um, this is from Pew again, but 53 percent of people who search are attempting to self you know, diagnose that medical condition. Um, So they're looking for information, right? Because I I think one of the changes that, you know, going back to what people ask about, one of the things that's changed in healthcare is that people – people recognize that they have power in looking up their information uh, and they can certainly find bad information. Uh, this isn't about the quality of it to some degree, but the, the, the behavior is that they're going to go look for information. And so, and they're going to take it with them into a, into a treatment room or into um, a medical you know environment. And part of that is really just because they're trying to make sense of what's happening to them. Um, but part of that is because they are, they, they're aware that, they have some responsibility in their their, their own health journey. Right. Um, and so they can they can have some power here and knowledge is, is power to some degree. And so they're trying to and it's not always right, but they are going to go do that. And so I think from a, a marketing perspective, it, you need to understand that they're going to go look for it. Uh, and so if you can be the provider of it, that's actually preferred. Most patients actually prefer to hear from doctors on uh, doctors and hospitals on this type of topic. They, they'd rather hear from from those, it's a a much better source of information for them uh, than some random website. But if there isn't that, they're gonna gonna find what what they find. Um, And so I guess the the whole point of what they're looking for is they're looking for information that can help them understand more about the pain they're having, um, or the problem they're having, um, and then they're trying to figure out how to to fix it. Uh, One of the most interesting things that we found uh, in research Is that you'd probably think that most most people don't want to know details of health, right? They don't want to. Their eyes, you you think their eyes might glaze over, and and that's relatively true. So when we when we work with our clients, we often write content, uh, medical content for them, and you know we're writing in common language. So we're trying to turn it turn. You know, if you had a scale of medical journal to like you know. uh, you know, magazine kind of editorial writing. We're trying mm-hmm. to be a little above editorial versus medical journal. But the interesting stat, and this this really shocked me when I read it, is that after patients kind of have an entry point to like reading about a, a, a procedure or about a topic, particularly in things that are are a lot bigger like cancer, uh, they they dive in deep and they're looking. They really want as much as they can consume on these topics. Because um, again, I think it's it's a it's a mechanism that helps them feel like there's this thing in their life that's, that's, you know, hurting them and they're able to have some more power over it by knowing more about it. Um, and so, so, so going back to what they're looking for, sometimes they're looking for basic information um, and sometimes they're looking for like the real details. And it just depends on the the scenario, but overall patients, when they go online, they're looking to kind of learn about their treatment options. They're, they are looking to go look at a physician. So um, on our client websites, oftentimes the, uh, the actual, Website profile pages for the doctors are some of the highest pay- viewed pages, uh, which makes sense. That's you know, they want to know who these people are that they're going to treat them. But so they're, they're looking for they're, and they're looking for reviews. They're basically trying to figure out if, if you think of the the start of the the, the query, you know, they're starting at the search of what kind of pain do I have, and then they're learning into how do I treat it, and then to where do I go to treat it, and then who to treat it is kind of the the the, the process they follow, and it's uh, it's and it's a change. It's definitely it's definitely new. Um, it's 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 a whole different world as it relates to that from marketing 20 years ago, for sure.
0: So you're just tuning in. You're listening to First Talk Compliance, and my guest today is Gavin Baker, president of Baker Labs, a digital healthcare marketing media firm. So, Gavin, what is the next big trend in marketing?
1: The big trend right now that we're seeing is is we're is is video marketing. So using video to to market. Um, so that's, you know, everything from rec- just recording a video on your phone and posting it to social media all the way up through, you know, major productions about, um, almost, you know, documentary type, uh, type, type of marketing types of, um, types of media. Beyond that, um, this kind of goes back to what we talked about with this, tr- this the theme of patient centric is that, um, patients want their information now. Um, and so. One of the trends that we see in the industry, overall in the industry as a whole, it's moving towards, is adding live chat to websites. Um, it, it, it's prevalent in all kinds of businesses, but not necessarily in healthcare yet. But the, the trend would be, patients want the information they want now. They want convenience. Um, so how do we get them convenience? Uh, otherwise they, they may just move on to the next, the next place. Um, and so the trend there would be, from a technology perspective, would be how do we provide on that information? Whether that's answering the phone faster, um, whether that is uh, not putting somebody on on hold um, for a long period of time or at all, um, or just as simple as, as having something like live chat where their questions can be answered. And 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 the trend that's making this a little bit either easier, Catherine, is that there's an aspect of technology called AI, and AI in in a, in a live chat scenario can often answer common questions as a human would, but without actually having to have a human man that live chat. So the, the, it's, the, the phrase in the industry is a bot. And so the bot can auto reply based on a framework. And so, you know, a common question might be, you know, what are your hours? Well, they can, they can understand that question plus a number of permutations of it and understand, okay, great. When someone asks, what are your hours or when are you open or, you know, how can I make an appointment? They can, they can understand those questions and answer in, in human language. Um, but as a, as, a, as a real person would, but not actually have a real person manage. So that's a, that's a trend that's going to come because we want that. Uh, and, and research across the board uh, outside of healthcare shows that when when you can answer someone's question, if they're calling to make an appointment or they're calling to do something, if you can do that uh, when they call, you're far more likely to actually turn them into a new patient or a new customer. Um, otherwise, they will move on to the next thing, the next service, the next business, or or maybe they won't do anything at all but it's a missed opportunity either way. And so basically it's the the trend really is how do you get convenient uh, with what you're doing towards marketing.
0: So I have a a question for those who are starting to get into their marketing. What is the difference between SEO and PPC?
1: Yeah, great. Let Let me go ahead and define what those are. So the acronym SEO stands for search engine optimization and the acronym PPC stands for pay per click, pay per click the other phrase that's similar to pay per click is uh, cost per click, which is CPC. And just to define them really quickly, if you, if you think about going to Google, let's we'll use Google as an example. They're about 82% of the search market. Markets Google. So you go to Google, and you and you see the box, and you're going to type something in there. When you type something in, and you get a you get a series of answers, you're going to have ads that people have placed, and you which is pay per click. And you, so people are going to pay every time someone clicks that ad. So um, let's just use optometry as an example. You're an optometrist, um, and someone Google's eye doctor, uh, or, or you're an ophthalmology, and someone Google's eye doctor. Um, eye doctor near me. There's going to be ads that show up. Though when someone clicks that, that can cost anywhere between you know two to eight dollars when someone clicks that. So that that practice pays for that person to be that, who clicks. The other side of that is what's called search engine optimization. Search engine optimization is where you want your website and website pages to rank for different search terms and search queries. And so those are the those are the links in the middle part of Google, a Google page that's further down. And so the ads tend to be top and, and bottom, um, depending on your browser, they can also be on the right. And then the, organic queries are, are, are nestled in the in the middle um, the the key difference here is that you don't pay when someone clicks the organic uh, query so when they click the link that says someone Google's eye doctor near me and they click the first link um, in those the, the person doesn't pay there uh, they pay for the ads so that's that's the biggest difference um, in terms of, of a marketing tactic both are important and it really depends. Going back to that goal setting, which one you accomplish. So we actually recently met with a practice that said, "Hey, we need SEO help." And uh, we we did a, we did an audit for them, and, and and basically gave them some results that said, "Hey, you're you're kind of in some fragile territory." So our recommendation is you do these things to improve your SEO. Um, however, if that could take six months before you see any kind of an impact, if that's too long uh, for your needs. Um, then we would actually recommend a combination of SEO and advertising. Um, because the, the example I gave to them, which I, I think is pretty fitting, um, it's it's kind of like, SEO is kind of like going to the gym a little bit. The reason a lot of people quit going to the gym is because they don't see results, but the reason they don't see results is because they don't stay long enough. So if on January 1st or January 2nd, you show up at the gym and you show up every day for or three times a week for an hour and you and you do the right things, even if you did that, you're still not going to see results probably for the first like significant results for the first two months probably maybe in three months. Um, but then months four, five, and six, you're going to see some tremendous some tremendous changes. That's kind of SEO. You got to build a foundation. Uh, you have to move forward in the in the right way. You got to do the right things, and those factors begin to compound, and at, and you see kind of a you see the results later on. Whereas like advertising is 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 probably more like some form. Of a much you know a much quicker acting scenario, right? You just you 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 kind of pay your fee and you get the results right then. Um, but then once you stop paying for it, it goes away. Mm-hmm. Um, and so SEO is a longer term, you know, more foundational staying power. Ads are much quicker. Um, most of our clients have a combination of both because of the the nature of their industries. But but that's the the main difference is is one is kind of fast acting, the other's not. Research actually shows a lot of people who Google um, don't know that there's a difference. So they're not necessarily telling telling a difference there. They're not they, they don't they don't have that knowledge, uh, even though it says sponsored or says ad like it's it states it. They're just not as, as aware of it. Um, and so you can you can with a combination of the two, you can kind of win that search engine page by by applying tactics of, of both places.
0: How do we know if we're spending the right amount on our marketing?
1: Great question. We, we get this one um, from our clients pretty regularly. And normally what we say to them is, it, it goes back to those goals. Because we got this question so much, we actually talked to a, a handful of consultants to do practice consulting, practice management consulting, just to get, the, get a feel from them. What do you recommend uh, normally? And, the numbers they came back with were actually kind of surprisingly universal. Um, and so uh, we, have a, we have a blog post on our website that, that talks through basically how to determine a marketing budget. If you want your practice to maintain or grow organically, you should be spending somewhere between two and three percent of your gross budget, your gross revenues, on a marketing budget. If you want it to, if you want to be in growth mode, like if you need to be growing faster than your organic growth or you need to be you know, hitting some, some good numbers that are, are, are bigger and bigger every year, you need to be spending 4 to 5% of target gross revenues. Most practices, when they see this number, their, their eyes get a little bit big. Uh, but the thing to remember, too, is this isn't just the, the digital marketing budget. This is the overall marketing budget. So this goes into if you've got doctors who are going out and meeting with other doctors, uh, from a uh, just a strengthening relationships type of scenario, because they can they can refer you patients. Well, that that time needs to be kind of allocated to a marketing budget time frame. There's there's tons of things that probably fall under marketing uh, that that aren't traditionally in there. But then there do need to be pieces that go into like we just talked about SEO, um, pay per click, uh, your website, your messaging, your uh, social media, online reviews. These are all areas that as the business of medicine and healthcare changes as patients change um, in terms of how they seek it. Need to need to be applied, uh, and then that can even go into other more traditional forms like direct mail or or billboards or um, TV. There there are tons of marketing opportunities out there. It's really just the question of of what are you doing and what are you counting what are you counting in that in terms of what you want to accomplish.
0: So, what are some common myths about marketing in healthcare?
1: the two biggest myths that we run into. The first is that it, you, sh- you shouldn't do it. Uh, that it's, it, it's, a, it's indicative of being a, a, a not a profitable practice or indicative of being you know, a profit-centric organization that all they want is more money. We, we hear that from, from people in the process as we talk to them. And again, I think those have traditionally been views that were industry-specific or, or, or carried through the industry. You know, a, you know, a, a doctor open to practice and and they felt it was the right patients would seek them out and you shouldn't have to market it may have been true 30 40 years ago i do think things have have changed and it's not it's not the same as it once was and and patients again don't view it that way i don't think if they see if they see the marketing from your practice they don't view it as is kind of the the furniture store closing this weekend everything is 50% off that's what i think practices sometimes think of when they think of marketing and advertising and that does look like they're going out of business. We would never recommend a, a practice advertised that way. But what we would recommend is they begin to find ways to communicate with patients and potential patients who have problems, have symptoms, have conditions that they can treat. Um, and, and really, the the in some ways, the the more you market, the more patients you see, which is the more people you help. That's a driver for for a lot of a lot of them. So the myth there though is is you know, you shouldn't we shouldn't do it. It's not it's not okay to do it. But if you look at some of the the practices in, inside of healthcare like medispas, uh, the aesthetics all all market uh, when it comes to, you know, plastic surgery and dermatology, dentists and practices like that market. And and the reason and they market is because it's as patients really if you think of a medical practice, those are the they're paying for that, so they're choosing who they go to as healthcare the trend carries forward as we spe- we as patients start to spend more money on more of our own money directly on care versus through healthcare insurance we're going to begin to see that same trend happen more and more patients asking well do i really need to do that where do i go for this uh, what does it cost and, and the practices we work with already see a rising trend of people asking those questions uh, because it's coming out of their pocket versus it coming out of necessarily you know being an insurance type of type of scenario so the myth there though is is that you don't need to market or it's bad to market I think an- another myth that we often often run into is you do it once uh, and that's just <laughs> that's not true um, the, the myth is that uh, you know putting up a website we, well we built a new website ten years ago that that doesn't work in today's in today's world patients are healthcare consumers and they're they're choosing to make decisions based on what they see uh, and what they value and they do need to see current trends they do need to see a website that looks updated they do need to see social media that has content they do need to see reviews that are recent all of those factors are pointing them towards choosing your practice to get get the care they need. Um, and so the, it, and, and, and those don't come from one-time things. They come from consistently doing the right things, um, time and time and time, again and again and again, month over month, and then you receive those benefits moving forward.
0: Well, I thank you so much, Gavin. I, we could talk about this forever. I mean, there's so many questions and it's been really insightful. I know our listeners are going to appreciate this. Do you have any final thoughts for us?
1: Yeah, one, one last thing. One of the biggest questions, we starting points, we get people to ask us at is really around search engine optimization. They go Google themselves and they're not ranking the way they want to be or they don't show up at all, <laughs> uh, which happens uh, more often than <laughs> you might think. And so if anyone that's listening is in that, that space, if you're, you've Googled yourself, you Googled your practice, you don't see the reviews, um, you don't see the rankings that you want, we're offering a free SEO review and all you'll need to do is go to bakerlabs.co/seo-review, and we'll give you a—you fill out a short form, and then we'll give you a review of, you know, kind of what's happening with your ranking and what what you can do to improve it, and and really begin to start that first step of making the right decisions as it relates to marketing your practice. So completely free—it's it's really just our way of helping people out because we know it's a common question, and so we're the report can open a lot of eyes to kind of what's happening and what's going on, both with you as well as your competitors.
0: Great. All right. Well, thank you so much, Gavin. And thanks to our audience for tuning in to First Talk Compliance. You can learn more about our show on the programs page on healthcarenowradio.com and lend your voice to the conversation on Twitter at FirstHCC or hashtag FirstTalkCompliance. You can also email me at Short at firsthcc.com I'm Katherine Short of First Healthcare Compliance. Remember, compliance is the key to achieving peace of mind.